0: Hello, and welcome back to Real Big Mistakes, where we reevaluate a film's critical consensus on Rotten Tomatoes and determine if the movies are better or worse than their reputation suggests. I'm Jason Konigsberg of PanandSlam.com. And I am Rich Tola. All right, and it was my turn to pick the movie, and this week I picked Fight Club. Rich, did you figure out why I picked Fight Club? There's kind of three reasons why three three yes
1: three uh one well give me the give me the ones that you know (laughs) i i know one which is meatloaf is in it and he just died correct
0: yes meatloaf is one of the co-stars and he just died have you heard about what's going on in china where the olympics are happening right now Mm, probably not okay china censored the ending they completely changed the ending and literally. Yes, before... I, I
1: heard that. Yeah. Okay, but that you did hear with... about that. Yeah.
0: Well, that's um, one of the reasons I picked it because they just oh, censored because... the ending like this week or last week oh, or two weeks oh, ago.
2: Oh, oh. Yeah. So I that's, that, that's I thought it was
0: always censored. Mm, to the best of my knowledge, that's it's a new, more recent thing. But, and which is ironic because Chuck Palahniuk, the writer, has come out and said that uh, his the China, what China put up as like a title card at the end instead of the actual ending, is more accurate to his novel than the ending of the movie, where the movie, the American movie, the actual movie, Fight Club, ends. So that's two reasons. Gotcha. And the third reason, well, you picked a movie from 1999, and, I mean, 1999 is considered one of the definitive years of motion pictures, and I figured, you know what, I'll keep it going. I mean, we both liked Any Given Sunday. But uh, Fight Club is, uh, well, I'll just read my little, um, you know, uh, synopsis here. You know, we're going to analyze and dissect the controversial classic Fight Club. It's been in the news with the passing of its co-star Meatloaf and China's recent decision to censor the ending. It was a financial disappointment on its theatrical release, uh, but Fight Club received mostly positive reviews and it quickly became a modern classic. It was a big hit on DVD uh, sales and VHS rentals. But is this macho, testosterone-filled tale a savage, smart, and witty commentary about toxic masculinity? Or were the critics wrong and it is a real big mistake? Uh, Because this is, you know, from 1999. So that's the third reason I want to stick with 1999. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing the reverse where the critics say it's fresh and, well, obviously I... From previous, you know, years of watching this movie, consider it to be rotten, or consider it to be not all that it's cracked up to be. So, uh, what is your history with this movie, Rich? And we can go from there, because I certainly have strong feelings and opinions about this film and i have a history with it so what's your history with it
1: well before i get into my history uh not only is this movie fresh it is certified fresh which i think means a certain number of critics have to rate it fresh or something like that i don't don't know i thought it's
0: 79 percent. does that
1: count as certified fresh that will go go through the ratings you usually are good with that this is usually the
0: part that you do what are the audience score and the critic score
1: so it is 79 percent and uh a critic and 96 percent audience wow okay Um, 96 is about as high as you can get Jeez. yeah um let me look what the criteria is to be certified fresh it has nothing to do with the percentage oh i didn't know that Okay. Uh, fresh on rotten tomatoes um to be certified fresh uh the best-reviewed re- movies and TV shows. In order to qualify, movies or TV shows must meet the following requirements: a consistent Tomato Meter score of seventy-five percent or higher, uh, at least five reviews from top critics. Who? So top, to, that's such a g-
0: general, vague. What is top critics? Who defines they, that?
1: They, 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 I think, they determine who top critics are. Okay. All right. Well, Roger Ebert's um, been dead since twenty thirteen, so I don't know. Uh, Fil- films and wide release probably a top critic is somebody that's like for a major publication. So, you know, New York times, you know, whoever their, mm. their house critic is and LA time, you know, all the top papers and everything. Um, okay. A consistent tomato meter score of 75% or higher, five reviews from top critics, films and wide release must have a minimum of 80 reviews. So it has to have 80 reviews. Okay. Um, and if it was a limited release, has to have forty reviews.
0: Okay, so is this the first certified fresh movie that we have done on this podcast?
1: Well, we only did three, I believe, that were fresh at all. Right, this one. Whoa, master. four!
0: You did the. We did the Master. We okay, so three prior to this: the Master, Indiana Jones, four, and True Romance.
1: Oh, True Romance is certified... Uh, It was
0: 93%. I don't know if it's certified fresh, but it was 93% critic score, or 90-something percent at the time. The
1: Master is certified fresh. Okay. True True Romance Romance is certified fresh. Okay. And is Indiana Jones, that was like
0: 80% fresh or something like that.
1: Uh, I think that might have dipped below seventy-five, so that might not be certified fresh. Yeah. Okay. okay nope. Seventy-eight, yeah. and it is. So. so, so okay. So we've fresh.
0: done four certified fresh. This is the fourth certified fresh movie that we have done. Okay. All right. So and and, uh, well, in all 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 honesty, I'm just gonna say right now, Indiana Jones Four is the worst of the certified fresh ones that we have done. I'll just come out there and say that.
1: Um, I agree to, I guess, um, (laughs) I don't know. It's still an Indiana Jones movie, so I'd still probably watch that over some of the other ones. But but
0: Predator 2, completely, you know, I, I wish we did Predator 2 first, then that's all I have to say, so... All right. So, what's what's your history with this movie? Do you have any history with it? I mean, have you? You mentioned that you haven't seen it fully before this week. Is that, was that accurate? Or? That's
1: true. Yes. Yeah, this is the first time I saw it from start to finish. Um, I had seen bits and pieces, but nothing past the middle of the movie. So, the ending, I had seen none of. Uh, wow. The, the, okay. The and third, the ending is like yeah. kind of the most controversial, you know, one of the most significant parts. I right. Think. So, the last third of the movie, I, I hadn't seen any of. Okay. Um, I tried to watch this movie a few times, but it was probably on cable, and I guess probably mm-hmm. by a certain round of commercials, I just gave up on it because I wasn't. So like on it. TNT
0: or USA or yeah, something, like, something that. like that.
1: Okay, yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, other than that, I don't really have a history with this movie. I mean, I know of it. I know it exists. I know there, You know, it's a pretty iconic movie. It has mm. some iconic lines, the most yep. notable being, you know, the first rule of Fight Club is you don't talk about Fight Club. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew that rule without even seeing the movie. Um, I, I, the, the twist or the spoiler of this movie at the end, I already knew about, so that was ruined. But mm. I, I don't know. I, I don't know anyone that I mean, unless you just completely don't watch TV or know anything about movies. I don't know how you would not know that. I I feel like that's. I feel like everybody knows that. But much like the
0: Sixth Sense, which also came out in nineteen ninety nine, which I didn't think was all that it was hyped up to be as well.
1: Yeah, like if there's anyone that you know doesn't know the twist in the Sixth Sense, then they just don't watch TV. (laughs) You know, (laughs) then they've just just been living in a cave on Mars. Well, they're just not eyes closed and their ears shut. (laughs) Okay, Um, So, so yeah. Well, my history is very different. So I saw this opening weekend,
0: and I have friends that not only like it, they love this movie. I saw it opening weekend, and everyone walked out, and they were like, That was amazing! That's an instant classic! This is one of the best movies I've ever seen, and I was sort of left with, Hmm. You know, I didn't hate it, but I certainly didn't love it. And once again, like we've stated, I f- seem to be fairly loyal, even though I first saw this movie 23 years ago, October 1999, i nine, I've still, and I've seen, you know, I've seen it a few times since then over the years, just because my friends are, you know, so into this movie, I just, I still stand by, I still feel like it's... Yeah, things haven't changed with me, but uh, you know, I but I do respect this movie. And we can get to why I respect it at the end. I do certainly give this movie a lot of respect. Um and uh we'll we'll talk about that later on. But uh yeah, this is a movie that's been I mean, when you were in college, Rich, you didn't have like you didn't have see friends that had Tyler Durden posters all over their dorm rooms and stuff. Like, it was just, I'm okay, so my close friends love it, but then, like, peripheral friends or acquaintances or random male friends that I knew, they just, this was their movie. This was it. This was a huge, huge movie that had a huge impact on them. You didn't, you know, weren't exposed to any of that in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s?
1: Um, I mean, people probably had posters and stuff up. But again, I knew enough of the movie that I didn't, you know, question it. And I guess by the time I was in college, you know, you're talking 02, late 02, 03, 04. Um, you know, it wasn't really the talk of the town anymore. No, I, I, I guess it was
0: different in in Rhode Island and the parts of New Jersey that I was in. It was still I was like, really? Like, like, I feel like the Matrix never really went away. So the Matrix came out in 1999. And there were still a lot of Neo Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne posters up in dorm rooms uh, when I was in Rhode Island. Uh, yeah, so it, it, it was just, yeah, whatever. We, we we knew different people or we were, you know, exposed to different people in different worlds and that sort of thing, so...
1: It's very possible that it was a thing, and I just don't recall it um being a big thing or being something that a lot of people talked about. Um, You know, my, you know, I, I, I don't really remember it. It, it. With my close friends, it wasn't a thing that was... Uh, and wrong. with my close
0: friends, this is, I mean... The way I think of Goodfellas, or being John Malkovich, or I don't know what are some other great movies that I absolutely love. Uh, you know, David Lynch movies, uh, Mulholland Drive. This was a, this was you know up there for for them with how much they loved it and admired it and and I just think it's hypocritical. <laughs> okay, and we'll get into why I find it's uh, such a you know case of mass hypocrisy and these people wanting to be something that they're not or and here it feels like I'm criticizing the fan base and not the movie but maybe that's the case yeah, I mean have you ever you ever see a movie where like the people loved it and you thought it was so overrated that it made you not like the movie has that ever happened with you
1: no I don't think so I think usually when there's a movie like that that everyone loves I usually don't even want to see it anymore, and that I think that's what happened with this movie. Like, I think you know, everyone mm. like talked about this movie, and it was like, "Oh, Fight Club." fight Club. And I just like was like, oh, "And I you know. weren't curious to see what it was all about?" Uh, pro- no, I think because because of the way it was marketed, and we could talk about that more. Mm, but okay, I, th- I think because of the way it was marketed, it wasn't didn't really look like the kind of movie I'd be interested in. Um, okay. I, I think it was mismarketed, and I, I read about that as well, that they didn't mm-hmm. really know how to market this movie, and I think that's why the box office returns weren't great either, um, mm-hmm. because although there is some fighting, it's really much more than about a fight club. Oh <laughs> yeah, no, this I mean? isn't
0: an action movie. No, okay. and it's, it's not, not
1: even an really action a fighting movie. Yeah. movie, really, I mean... Well, it's very just, violent for sure. It's violent, definitely, but it's not about, definitely, the, it's, the violence is graphic. Okay, uh, right, but so it's not about fighting. On that. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like a UFC movie or something. You know no, I mean? no, like,
0: no. It's not. It's, it's not Rocky or it's not Warrior or it's not. Right. You know, yeah. It's it's not something like that. Yeah, it's. it's yeah, much I mean, deeper, it's about consumerism. Oh, it's yeah. definitely deeper. And and th- then that's why when we get to the end, when I'll say I'll give this movie credit, I mean, I'll. I'll it, it serves as a time capsule.
1: Okay. Very
0: well. Okay, if you want to know what 1999 was like, this is one of... And 1999 was a great year for movies, but that doesn't necessarily mean that all the great movies were time capsules of 1999. This movie was 100% captured how young, angry white men felt. Better than it, and 1999 was the year of Columbine. Okay, mm-hmm. so to put that into perspective as well. But uh, this certainly did capture, you know, a, a a it's a microcosm of 1999 as well as several other movies. And we we talked about 1999 previously in our episodes about Mumford and last week about Any Given Sunday. But there are really there's five movies. I think I call them the cubicle movies of 1999. Mm-hmm. And they capture what life was like in different elements, but and also at the same time, at the same the same element of what 1999 was like. So, I mean, you can take this. Okay, Rich, take over. And where do you you want to talk with the director, the actor, the year, anything like that? What do you want to go? Because we've already
1: touched Um, on a lot
0: of those things. So, yeah,
1: um, well, Another movie I remember, and I just looked it up. It actually came out the same year. Another movie I remember everyone talking about and liking, and it was like, you know, a lot of in college, every college kid, it was their favorite movie, The Boondock Saints. That was and, 1999? I thought that was 2000 or 2001. No, 1999. And it's another movie. Really? Okay. Saw, yeah, it's another movie I never saw, and probably never saw it out of spite because of were mm, okay. talking about how they liked it so much. And Fight it-
0: Club is a better movie than Boondock Saints. Although, however, I you know what? Maybe I take that back. Boondock Saints I like, but it's not – it's a tough call, okay? Boondock yeah, Saints, right. let's say, it's, it's a lower bar. It's like, ooh, what's better, Bloodsport or, I don't know, a lesser Spielberg film, okay? You know, so yeah. Bloodsport or Arnold Schwarzenegger's Commando. It's a great movie for what it is, but it's not, you know – I don't know, pick a mediocre Spielberg film. It's not, you know, Amistad or Color Purple or, you know, (laughs) uh, Mm. something like that. So, uh, yeah, it's a a tough call. But Boondock Saints, I enjoyed. Boondock Saints, to me, had a lot more in common with uh, Natural Born Killers, which you've also reviewed on this uh, podcast. So have you seen Boondock
1: Saints? No, like I said, I I, I think I avoided it out of spite. And by now, it's not something I have have any interest in seeing
0: and the fact that you saw natural born killers literally it's an heavily irish slanted you know Mm -hmm. natural born killers the media makes them superstars there are these guys going around vigilantes killing people that they think are bad and the media you know it's 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 tries to be a satire in the media it doesn't have the style that Oliver Stone has so maybe you'd tolerate it better but (laughs) the message and the themes are the same as to me the same as Natural Born Killers. Gotcha. personally. But uh, yeah, but that's Boondock Saints. That's not Fight Club. So let's get back to Fight Club. Um, where do you want to begin with this movie? Because I mean, we could talk about a lot about the director, a lot about the year, a lot about, you know, it's not doesn't have a, a huge cast, but it does have like four or five people that are worth talking about, I think.
1: Yeah, well, we talked about the year pretty extensively in the last move, the last uh, our last episode, um, which was any given Sunday. But did you say there's there's five movies in 1999? There's five movies I'd
0: like to give a shout out to for 1999, and Fight Club being one of them. I call them the cubicle movies, and you could watch these if you want to know what life was like in 1999 from. A child, a teenager, an adult from different perspectives. Comedy, action, drama, sci-fi. It, really, these, these five movies capture it all. American Beauty, The Matrix, Office Space, Being John Malkovich, Fight Club. Those five movies all involve people working at a cubicle. The dot-com era starts starting to take off. The internet and it's, you know fetal stages okay and and this is what people were like at work this is how men felt at work this is how women were marginalized or minorities were marginalized at work um and they all really you know office space on the surface is a silly stupid funny comedy but beneath it it's a smart satire okay the matrix on the surface is you know just a action-packed kung fu you know sci-fi movie but beneath it there's ideas that are i mean they go back as far as plato and the cave his cave theory um so these are smart smart movies and yeah so i think all but all five of them capture ...what life was like in 1999... ...before terrorism... ...before 9-11... ...you kind of... ...and this movie... ...well we'll get to Fight Club more... ...when we really talk about the messages... ...and the themes of it... ...these lost men with no cause... It feels irrelevant after 9-11 happens. I mean, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. these these men lost for a cause and looking for a purpose in life, and they have no purpose, so their only purpose is to fight each other. These angry, lone, white men. Uh, so I, I just... And, and all of these movies touch on that theme that I just mentioned. So American Beauty, Matrix, Office Space, Being John Malkovich, and Fight Club. And they just go in different directions. And I don't know... Okay, you had a story last week about how you knew someone who met uh Jamie Fox I don't know anyone from this movie but I did meet Bill Clinton president former president Bill Clinton and I I got to have you know 30 seconds with him and I shook his hand and one of the things that I asked him was all right I've got to ask you what's your favorite movie and he goes my favorite movie of all time is high noon my favorite movies of recent years are Saving Private Ryan, American Beauty, and Fat Club. And then he moved on to the next person. Where did you see Bill Clinton? Hofstra University, 2005. At like, uh. And it was that like he gave a speech, and anything, like I knew someone who went there. And yeah, and, and then afterwards he just walked around and shook hands, and he was very nice to me. He, and But as nice as he was to me that's nothing compared to how nice he was to the ladies crying <laughs> hugging kissing i he must have some sort of charisma there's something that the uh, the women were losing their minds and he certainly was embracing them and <laughs> you know very very a lot of hugs and kisses and i shook his hand and he was nice to me and that was enough for me he answered my question about his favorite movies so i don't have you ever seen high noon i'm not sure if that's a movie we've ever talked no, about no i have not Gary Cooper, Western, great movie. Really good movie. But I assume you've seen Saving Private Ryan and American Beauty. Yes. Okay. And his other favorite was Fight Club, and then he moved on. So. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, so this, this ranked high for Bill Clinton as of 2005.
1: Um, all right, so let's get into the cast. Um, we'll start with Brad Pitt um, and... Ed Norton Jr. are the main the leads in this movie. Um, Brad Pitt, what's your favorite Brad Pitt movie?
0: Brad Pitt, I think, has one of the most interesting careers in Hollywood. Um, because you know what, I'm going to say, Brad Pitt is truly like a fine wine. As he's gotten older, I think he's gotten better, and because of that, he's he, I think he his looks like Tom Cruise. When we talked about Tom Cruise in the Top Mm Gun episode, they pigeonholed him into being movie star, movie star, leading role, romantic lead, action movie, you know, and I think the past 20 years, so, so Brad Pitt throughout the 90s, I really didn't care for Brad Pitt movies per se, and this was in the 90s, but even though I don't like this movie, it's an interesting movie. It's a different movie. It's not, uh, you know, typical romantic lead movie or action movie or something. So I give credit to Brad Pitt for taking risks and using his star power to try to make different kinds of movies. But I honestly think the last 20 years and even even more so the last 10 years, he has made – he's not only made some of the best movies of the past decade or so, but I think he's – really given great performances i mean inglorious bastards once Mm -hmm. upon a time in hollywood which he won the oscar against pesci pacino hanks and hopkins okay what a loaded category that was he's easily as much as okay i'm praising brad pitt now and he's the worst actor of those five actors that i just mentioned but he definitely deserved the Oscar over all of them that year, in my opinion. You know how much I love Joe Pesci in The Irishman, okay? Yeah. That's saying a lot. So, I mean, but you look at his work in Tree of Life. Even his performance in the original Ocean's... Well, not the original, but the 2001 Ocean's Eleven. He's so good in that with George Clooney and Matt
1: Damon. Uh, I think that's I, his best movie. Per- I mean, you, Okay, you would, one would one say that's kind of his of best? How part. about... Have you seen Twelve Monkeys? <clears throat> uh... I'll I'll let you answer that for me.
0: It's sci-fi, so you probably have (laughs) dystopian sci-fi, time-traveling future. Unless it's Back to the Future or Terminator Two. Rich isn't interested in sci-fi dystopian future. Every movie, every (laughs) box of a movie, I
1: would never see. So. No, I you know what?
0: It. You know what? You should pick if you're gonna do a reverse one and you want to do one that the Oscars pick that you hate. You gotta pick Mad Max: Fury Road. <laughs> no, that means I have to watch it. So no, <laughs> Rich. For those <laughs> listening, Rich hates Mad Max: Fury Road. Yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> whatever. But anyway, so I think Brad Pitt is an interesting, and I've heard he's just like a pothead i've heard he's like a nice guy but he's just like a burnout and he just like wants to just sit around and smoke angelina jolie divorced him not because he was an asshole or he beat her or anything but because he just sat around and smoked pot all day okay
1: so i feel like brad pitt is a real laid back which is kind of what he did in true romance right wasn't that his? exactly
0: i've been told that his (laughs) car his role in true romance is what brad pitt is like in real life is what i've heard Um, so take that for what it's worth, but I do think that the past 20 years, or certainly the past 10 years, he has really made some of the most outstanding movies and given some of the best performances of his career, and I do think, like Tom Cruise, his, you know, movie star, you know, good looks hindered him, or, you know, hindered you know uh directors and producers and audiences taking him seriously uh from what a great actor he could have been and would eventually become so um and even though i may have problems with fight club this is certainly an unconventional role in a certainly unconventional movie that being said you needed a brad pitt type actor to play tyler durden do you agree with that
1: uh yeah i mean you could say you know i don't know what your 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 qualms are with this movie yet but i can tell you that the acting can't be one of them by any of
0: them i agree with
1: that i agree no you're right edward norton's a great actor and he
0: does a fine job here as the narrator uh helena bottom carter we'll get to later but brad pitt certainly is you you needed a brad pitt yeah. Either if it wasn't him to play Tyler Durden, you need to you need to be Tom Cruise, or it needed to be someone Leonardo DiCaprio. Now, not Leonardo DiCaprio, nineteen ninety nine, could have played Tyler Durden. You need someone of that stature to play right. that role, and it has to be white. Okay, I mean it has to be like this movie. I, I sure there are you know brown and black people that do awful things and that are terrorists and that sort of thing, but. This movie wasn't about that. This movie was about, you know... And it came out, like I said, the same year as Columbine. That angry, white, male, suppressed, aggression, testosterone-filled, you know, violence that, you know... Yeah, exploding, okay? And it would explode. So, I think the two lead roles had to be white. If this movie... There's many reasons why this movie couldn't be made in 2022... And I think one of the big reasons is because the two leading roles need to be white men.
1: Good-looking white men, but white men for sure.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, all right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I agree with most of what you're saying about Brad Pitt. Um, I, I definitely, I think he is at his best <clears throat> in Ocean's Eleven. Probably, um, you know, his most natural, I think. Um, he he
0: came across like a real human being
1: in that right. movie,
0: which I don't think he ever. Even though I love Twelve Monkeys, and you haven't seen Twelve Monkeys, and I he got an Oscar nomination for it, and he deserved it. Um, but uh, I would say, yeah, he did. Twelve Monkeys, his character, he's a he's a lunatic, and he's great. But you know, and it's, it's very against type for him, especially at that point in 1995. Um, but yeah, he's he's yeah. He's he's really good, uh, in this. So you would say Oceans Eleven is his best performance.
1: That and and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, yeah, once upon a time in Hollywood. What uh, about Inglorious Bastards? Go and that, back and, and watch Inglorious Bastards. I think, I think that's his top three. I feel like the first time I saw Inglorious
0: Bastards, it was the Christoph Waltz show. The second time I saw it, I'm like, Okay, that woman's really good, Melanie Laurent's character. But then you go back and you watch it. He is Every bit as good as the other two, okay? I mean, he's really... If, it's kind of amazing that he's the unsung hero. He's the most, you know, the top build, you know, biggest name, A- and then you realize he's like the, the one that sort of holds the movie together that you sort of forget about because he's... He's showy, but he's not Christoph Waltz showy, and the, you know, movie doesn't cater and center around him and his story like it does the woman's plight to take down the Nazis, so.
1: Right, yeah, no, he's more of just the solid piece in the middle, and, you know, he, he, you kind of take him for granted in that movie. Yeah, I, that's
0: a, perfect. You described it for the solid piece in the middle, who holds the movie together, and yes... You take him for granted in that movie that is one of the best performances he's ever given or uh, it's 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 really it I yeah I, I've got to give him so much credit for that
1: yeah um, all right so then Edward Norton um, we haven't seen a movie with him yet hey, I don't it. think
0: we've discussed Edward Norton. No. Um... Do you have a favorite Ed Norton film? I know we have a mutual friend that loves Edward Norton, and I know his favorite movie with Ed Norton.
1: Okay. Um, I don't know if I know who you're talking about, but... Um, I... Last
0: name rhymes with Orton.
1: Oh, okay. I did not know that.
0: He loves Primal Fear. If you... <laughs> uh, yeah, Trust I know. Me. I like
1: Primal Fear. Um... Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Whenever... The, the, the man has seen maybe like... 30 movies in his life but uh, one of his favorites is uh definitely primal fear and other ed norton movies too as well so he's a big ed norton
1: fan. yeah i mean i remember um i saw american history x once it's not a movie i really ever want to see again i don't blame you for that he, he but he's phenomenal Yeah, it. uh, it's a powerful movie and he's phenomenal in it yeah, yeah. he was very good in it um i Primal Fear, obviously, that was his first big movie. That was his first movie. I think he got an Oscar
0: nomination on his first movie. And I think he won a Golden Globe, if I'm not mistaken, for that. Yeah, and And
1: that's another movie that has kind of like a surprise ending a bit. Um, Correct. Mostly just involving his character, but yeah. I never saw Italian Job, but I know I probably should. That's a good
0: movie, not a great movie. Him and Mark Wahlberg. Did you ever see The People vs. Larry Flint? He was Larry Flint's attorney.
1: I did see it, but I don't remember. Him. I saw it years ago, and I don't remember mm-hmm. him being in that. Because, probably because I, when I at the time of seeing it, he wasn't a big name, so I don't remember him sticking mm-hmm. out. Okay. Um, How about
0: did you see? Um, did you see Birdman? He got nominated for Birdman. Yes, Man.
1: Birdman. I saw and I liked. I like um, Birdman. That that's that's that was a good performance there. I mean, everything mm-hmm. he's in he's, that I've seen, he's good. Um. So I, I bet you your favorite is the score. Um, I do like the score because it has De Niro and Brando yeah, but I no
0: I would say if I had to say my favorite Ed Norton movie it's probably probably one of his first three probably people versus Larry Flint. American History X or Primal Fear. I it's tough to pick which one of those three is his best movie slash his best performance. Uh, so those would be in his top three for either category if we were ranking his films. Uh, Motherless Brooklyn was good. He starred in that and directed that as well. Um, and he's been really good in recent, a couple of. Right? That was more recent. That was 2019, and he was really good in a couple of. Um, uh, Wes Anderson movies. I liked him in Grand Budapest Hotel, Moonrise Kingdom, the the past year French Dispatch. He was really good in that. So he has a knack for comedy with the right director and the right script. Um, but he's mostly known for being serious and he has a reputation of being very difficult to work with. So that's why if you wonder, gee, what happened to Ed Norton? You know, Oscar nominations, you know, all these big movies in the late 90s, early 2000s. People stopped wanting to work with him because he's allegedly a huge, huge asshole and a really difficult person to work with.
1: Uh, See, I think that he just picks, he's gotten to the status that he can kind of pick and choose. Um, Because he's been in big things, you know. Maybe not that recently, but, I mean, Birdman was 2014, and that was that was a big role for him, and he was Oscar-nominated. Yeah. I think he just picks and chooses. Uh, but, I, again, I have no idea. I'm not in <laughs> Hollywood. I've, I've heard
0: he's not a nice person. Um, you know, one of my other favorite movies that I liked him in, uh, that he was the lead in, a uh, Spike Lee movie called 25th Hour. That might be That might be my favorite performance with him.
1: Uh, I didn't see that, but there is one movie that stands out to me that Edward Norton is in, just because it's such a crazy premise that I can't even believe a film was actually made about it. Can you? Yeah, any idea what I'm talking about? Give me a clue. No, I really don't. Off the um, head. the clue would be uh, I'll just tell you what the movie is because I don't even know what clue I could give you without giving you away. <laughs> okay. But, um such an odd movie i'm sure you saw it and such an odd premise to even make a movie about but the movie is death to smoochie oh i like death to smoochie i'm not saying it's bad i i like it too i'm just saying that movie sticks out to me when i think of edward norton just because okay, it's i such forgot a about movie. that him and robin williams yeah yes. that was part of
0: robin williams's dark trilogy because in 2002 robin williams had death to smoochie then a few months later, he had insomnia, and uh, then he had one hour photo. All three are great, one hour photo being the best of the three. But um, and yeah, all that three was his, dark. <laughs> and all three, it's his dark. Robin Williams had three dark movies in one year. Yeah, one dark comedy and two much more serious roles, obviously. Um, but uh, yeah, I do like Death to Smoochie. I forgot about him in that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: All right, um, moving on, we have um, Helen, uh, what's her name, Bonham Carter? Helena
0: Bonham Carter, yeah.
1: I'm not a huge fan of hers. I know she's she can
0: be beautiful and she can be talented. I feel like she slums her way through this movie, but I guess that's what the part required. As she yeah. certainly does. She has a British accent. You don't detect that at all in this movie, so kudos to her for that. Um, but she's not someone I admire per se. I've, she has a few Oscar nominations under her belt, uh, one for the King's Speech, and I would say that was well deserved. But I mean, are you a fan of hers one way or the other? I don't know.
1: No, not anyway. My
0: sister hates her because she has a reputation for being a home wrecker. She slept with Kenneth Branagh and ruined his marriage with Emma Thompson. She slept with Tim Burton during the Planet of the Apes film that they made. And then they made many subsequent films together for about 10 years. Um, and, uh, she ruined his marriage with whoever he was married to at that point. Another actress or something. Um, she had an affair with Steve Martin. So she's uh, Helena Bonham Carter's been a little bit around the block in Hollywood, so to say. Kind of like Anne Heche. Um mm-hmm. Although, I guess, uh, unlike Anne Hayes, she didn't switch teams. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> But that's Helena Bonham Carter. So I don't really have an opinion of her one way or the other. I think her character is pretty reprehensible and what the screenplay does to her is pretty reprehensible to women but that's just my opinion we could get into that later do you have any feelings of her good
1: bad otherwise no i'm not really familiar with that many of that much of her her stuff um okay she's fine in this movie but i don't yeah i'm not a fan one way or the other okay all right so moving on meatloaf is that the next one we're going to talk about yeah, uh, meatloaf. So, um, meatloaf is plays uh, Robert Paulson, which the only reason I know his name is because they chant it at the end. Um, <laughs> Bob is really what he's referred to for most of the movie, um, and yeah, I mean he's been in some things, right? I mean, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, Rocky Horror Picture. Obviously, he's he's a musician first. Correct. Um, oh yeah,
0: the man has two hit songs in fifty years, and he's a great musician. I, I'm sorry, I don't uh, buy that, but you know what? Hey, whatever. I have zero hit songs in. Uh all my years of living so i i, I guess you got to give him the man credit um but are you a meatloaf fan music or acting or anything i am not in case you can't tell
1: so i i like meatloaf's music i mean i listen i like his songs that are mainstream um okay
0: besides the two mainstream songs <laughs> okay
1: so what, are, what what are what are his two mainstream songs that you're referring to because i don't know that i the song my favorite song of his i don't think is one of those two
0: Confessions of the dashboard, whatever the. Yeah, that's like that one of them. Called. Yep, that's the one. And of them. then the other one I would do anything
1: yeah. for love. Okay, so what else does he have? I don't know. No, I like Paradise by the Dashboard Light. I didn't know if that was okay. one of the two ones that you were. So he has one one
0: song in fifty years that's amazing,
1: according to you. Okay. For me, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. What what a career. <laughs> no, I think he had some. Isn't uh, didn't he sing? Uh- obviously,
0: he did. He, he he can call himself Meatloaf and be famous for fifty years, and then die, and he gets you know a
1: huge outpouring. So obviously, he did something right. Um, two out of three ain't bad. I think that was.
0: Oh, yes. Okay. So three, three songs in 50. (laughs) This is like Monty Python. All right. Well, what else have the Romans done for us? The Aqueduct. All right. Four things, four good things the Romans have done for us. But what else? (laughs) So, all right. So maybe he's not that bad. He's just not someone. But I do know that people, there are people out there that love meatloaf. And, you know, the way people love, I don't know. Billy Joel or the way people love Pearl Jam. Uh, I I guess I just never, you know, I I know the hits like you do as well. So,
1: um, yeah. And in in terms of his acting, I mean, other than this and Rocky Horror picture show, I don't know that I'm that I've seen him in much else.
0: I have a friend who loves the redneck trucker action movie, black dog with Patrick Swayze. I've never seen it. I can't judge it, but it's Patrick Swayze and Meatloaf. Okay? And he loves it. I've never seen it. And I almost picked. Remember how last week I said, you know, I was going to make you pick something, but I decided during the episode of Any Given Sunday, I decided... We're going to do Fight Club, okay? Mm-hmm. I almost was going to say Pick Your Poison, and the other, uh, I was going to say a serious movie that the critics like that I don't, or a silly movie that the critics hate and I like. And that movie would have been Tenacious
1: D, The Pick of Destiny. Well, I'm so glad you didn't pick that.
0: (laughs) I realize that now. Okay, A rock musical with Tenacious D and their songs leading the way. Uh, But he does have a small part in that as Jack Black's father uh, in the first 15 minutes or so. And it's a really funny part, but it's whatever. (laughs) He plays uh, Jack Black's father. And you know what? I just went with, because 1999. And I feel like there's so much more to talk about with Fight Club. Because, yes... Okay, it's out there. I don't like this movie. I have no idea what you think of this movie. But regardless, it's an even if you like it, even if you feel the same way that I do, like you did for The Master, even if you hate it more than I do, it's an interesting movie to talk about. Am I not mistaken about that with Fight Club? No, you're right. Exactly, whereas Tenacious more, D... More so than Tenacious D, I'm sure. <laughs> Exactly, Tenacious D. And I know Rich and I, we may have movies and other things in common, but Rich does not have the same taste in music that I have, other than no. Sinatra. Sinatra, the Beatles, and maybe the Rolling Stones. Okay, Rich and I really don't have the same taste in music, so...
1: Yes. Um, mm. All right, so, so that's, that, meatloaf. that's yeah. meatloaf. And then there's only one other actor
0: I think that's worth talking about, so...
1: Yeah, I agree. Which would be Jared Leto, which I didn't Correct. even realize that was him in this movie until I looked up the filmography or the cast. I movie.
0: agree. Yeah, he's really hard to recognize. It's not a big role. I'm surprised he had such high billing, I guess, because he was Jared Leto. Um, but I'll just say this like, you know what's crazy? We just named, okay, other than Meatloaf, Brad Pitt, Ed Norton, Helena Bottom Carter, pretty respectable, established, you know, mm-hmm. well known actors. Jared Leto is the only one that has an academy award out of all of them.
1: Uh Brad Pitt does.
0: I stand corrected.
1: Thank you cuz he won
0: for <laughs> uh cuz he won for Once yeah, Upon a Time in Hollywood. But Jared Leto had one before him, which yes. is wrong. <laughs> okay, but yeah, so I take that back. Thank you, Rich. You corrected me on movies, which doesn't happen often. But all right, <laughs> so um, yeah, so Jared Leto. I mean, he's okay. For Dallas in this. Buyers Club, right? He won for, and he deserved it for Dallas Buyers Club. I'm not going to say anything bad about him in that movie. No, that movie was or okay. The movie itself, however, I will say, since that movie, he has really been awful in he's (laughs) first of all he's been in maybe like what five movies in the past eight years and all five of those movies i think he's hasn't been in a movie for more than 15 minutes each film suicide squad blade runner 2049 uh uh, Justice League, Director's Cut, Zack Snyder Cut, whatever you want to call it. Like, he's really made some awful movies, but he's only been in them for, like, no more than 15 minutes each time. What about time, House of though- Gucci? Did you see that? I did, and you know what? Okay, alright, you made a good good, good point there. He's fairly unrecognizable in that. Uh, I House of Gucci, I if you go to PanandSlam.com, I gave it a negative review. And I wish I had a mulligan, because since that movie, all the movies I've seen since have been so much worse. House of Gucci looks really good by <laughs> those standards. So for 2021 standards, House of Gucci, it might end up being on my 10 best of the year for 2021, to be honest. Uh, so And he is good in it because he's so unrecognizable. Half of that is latex. Half of that is his acting. So yeah, that, that might be his best performance since winning an Oscar. But prior to that, he was good in Panic Room, another David Fincher film. Uh, he was good in um, My So-Called Life. I don't know if you ever saw that show. Yeah,
1: uh, with... um, What's her name? The, um, Claire Danes. Claire Danes, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: It, it holds up really well. Like, if you... Okay, you want a good snapshot of teenage life in the mid-90s? You need look no further than My So-Called Life. Um, Claire Danes is really good. The whole show is really good. Um... What else has he been in? He was in a uh, movie... Well, I mentioned it last week with Dennis Quaid called Switchback. I really liked Switchback. Uh, action movie. Dennis Quaid, Danny Glover, and uh, Jared Leto. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah I, don't, he's,
1: I don't have too much more to add about Jared Leto. He was in um, Requiem for a Dream.
0: Yeah, and that's one of the most disturbing movies yes, that was you'll ever see. Extreme Whenever extreme people movie. ask me, what's the scariest movie you've ever seen? It's not a horror movie. It's Deliverance. Which is an action movie, or *Requiem for a Dream*, which is a drama thriller. I don't know. It's it's one of the most harrowing movies. Because they're ever c-
1: because see. they can both actually happen.
0: Correct. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, so uh, it, it, exactly. Yeah, it's not ghosts or a psycho killer or a stalker or something. Which right. I mean, you know, it's it's one's about drug addiction and the other one's about getting lost in the woods and stalked by you know rednecks and. Yeah, they're they're both pretty pretty scary, I think. Yeah. but uh, for me personally, so um,
1: yeah. yeah, so I don't, yeah, I don't have much to say about Jared Leto. He was the worst Joker, right? <laughs> In my opinion, by I can far the of. worst and, Joker. and that includes yeah. uh, Caesar. Uh, what's the... I like Caesar Romero. Caesar's he was good
0: for 1966 standards. Okay, he was good for for the Adam West type Batman. He was a good Joker. Okay, if uh, Adam West was going against Jack Nicholson or Heath Ledger, then that would be ridiculous for both. They would he would make (laughs) Adam West look bad. Adam West would make the, the, you know, the Joker look bad. So it just totally Cesar Romero fit. But um, yeah, no, he was the worst Joker. But allegedly there's like hours of footage of him as the Joker and the Suicide Squad movie that we saw in theaters. Only used 15 minutes of him. So once again, Jared Leto, since he won an Oscar, he's been in movies in like these tiny bit parts like where it's like what Blade Runner 2049. Same thing. I think he plays Tyrell's son. And I know Rich doesn't know much about sci-fi and Rich is not a Blade Runner fan by any means. Um, So he certainly didn't see Blade Runner 2049. Did you? No all two hours and 49 minutes of it. So yeah. Um, but uh, it's, it's, yeah, he's, he's in it for once again, 15 minutes. And it's like, anyone could have played that part.
1: Uh, all right. So, uh, so whatever, we'll yeah. move on to the, finish up with the director, right? Uh, there's no one else that's worth talking about for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so director um, David Fincher um, directed some pretty big movies uh, a lot of really, big movies yeah, really big in movies.
0: the 90s and the 2000s and the teens and yeah i mean we could go through his filmography I'll, do you I'll have go, any favorite
1: I'll, I'll go through the ones that i've seen that i like actually i'll just go through all of his bigger ones and i'll, I'll try to guess if you like them or not uh, okay. alien three i'm gonna guess you did not love it You are very smart. If
0: anything, I like it now because of how bad some recent Alien movies have been. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, in 1993 when that came out, that was definitely the worst Alien movie for a number, a long time, a number of years, yes. And Uh, he's denounced it as well.
1: David. Seven, I'm going to guess you didn't like it. Did not like it. You're absolutely right. Um, I think it's although overridden. I did, but uh, okay, fair enough. Most people did. I'm in the minority on that. Didn't one. love it, but I liked it. Okay, um, the game I never saw. I'm gonna say you liked it. Mm, no? Not quite.
0: The, <laughs> Seven, the game, and Fight Club all have these endings where it's like, really, you expect me to believe that after okay. all this? So they, it, it's sort of like he fell to that, you know, not M Night Shyamalan twist ending, but sort of a ending that was like making you really suspend disbelief and right. for for the game to work you've got to suspend your disbelief so okay. fight club is the is the movie we're going to talk about so what came after fight club panic room
1: panic room i'm gonna say you liked it i liked panic room very much it's
0: a straight thriller it's a I good thriller it. yeah. but it's a straight thriller okay
1: uh full frontal never even heard of it hey he didn't
0: direct that maybe he
1: acted in it, or, it, or, or it it says film oh character yeah he was an actor yeah Okay, um, yeah. Lords of Dogtown as a producer, producer. No, no, his next movie was Zodiac. Zodiac if I, I'm liked not I liked it. it. I liked th- it. I think love you Zodiac. I okay. think that's
0: his best movie of uh, up until well, yeah, keep going. That's his best movie at this point in his career. Keep going.
1: Yeah, that definitely. Um, Curious Case of Benjamin Button. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. It was fine, and that's where I stand on that one.
0: And I wouldn't say I hated it, but it was a bad CGI version of Forrest Gump.
1: Yeah, it felt like it was trying to be Forrest Gump. Yeah. Well, he got Oscar nominations out of it, so I guess it worked out for him. Um, The Social Network, loved it, me personally. I don't know about you. Uh, You, I think you you liked it, right? I called it the
0: best movie of the decade, so I definitely loved The Social
1: Network, yeah. Um, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, I liked that a lot, actually.
0: I liked it a lot, too. Yep, you're absolutely right. Gone Girl, I liked, didn't love.
1: But I, I did
0: love it. I love the book even more, but the book's always better. But the same thing with Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. But Gone Girl, I thought, was a really good movie.
1: Mank? And then you only did
0: one movie since then. Yeah, Mank? I hated it. I didn't even. I couldn't <laughs> even
1: get through more than a half hour of it.
0: I remember you saying that. I liked Mank. I didn't love it. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's a good movie. I wouldn't say it's a great movie, but... At least it didn't insult my intelligence like some earlier Fincher movies did.
1: So. Yeah, I, I could not get into it. I didn't like the, the direction. I didn't like anything about it. It was black and white. Uh, it was just everything I don't want in a movie. And I really wanted to like it because I like old <laughs> I didn't Barbie realize you stuff. hated black and white. Okay. Not I that I hate that it, but it. it was just like it didn't work for me in this case. I don't know. Okay. Um and, and so that's he, David Fincher yeah. there.
0: We, we summed up his career in uh, two minutes. Okay, good, bad, good, good, bad, bad. Okay, that's it. All right.
1: But overall, uh, a very respectable director. and very Oh, great. yes, a
0: talented director. Even talented. his movies like Fight Club and Seven and The Game, which I have faults with the script. I don't have faults with the direction. I'll say that. So he's a very talented director, and I think he proved it. I just I, – and I always said that. He has talent. He has capability, and I think Fight Club may be the best example of that where I just wish
1: the script was
0: better. <laughs> so,
1: All right. Well, let's get into the movie. So um, I'm, I'm going to dive right in here. So it starts off with um, – well, I guess the opening titles is um, – What I took from it was, uh, like, uh, Neurons in a Brain, right? Exactly,
0: Um, yes. And what a great opening titles that is. mm -hmm. From the first time I saw it up till, you know, even this time, I'm like, the the music from the Dust Brothers, the opening credits, the way they flash, and the neurons in the brain and the electricity flashing, you know, inside all each nerve ending there. I thought that was so good. So I'm glad you like that as well.
1: And uh, it, it zooms out to uh, seeing Edward, Ed Norton uh, with a gun in his mouth um, being held by Brad Pitt. And right off the bat, I'm a little confused on what's going on. You here. don't see Brad Pitt. You don't. You, know, okay, you, you I, I, hear his voice. You, you see his, his shadow. You. Okay.
0: I mean, you know, unless you really know Brad Pitt, it's tough to tell that that's Brad Pitt.
1: Okay. Um, but, you know, there's a gun in his mouth and talks in, there's talk about explosives being yeah. planted on building underneath buildings or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. then he goes back, Oh, let's go back even sooner. And he talks about how he has ins- insomnia. Uh, he can't sleep. He, uh, goes to a doctor. The doctor really wasn't any help. Uh, doctor tells him, that uh, just says, I guess like just, you know, backhanded comment like, Oh, if you want to see people, that are really in pain, you should go to a uh, these groups of men that have testicular cancer. So then he starts going. <laughs> he starts going to church groups uh, with for people that have all sorts of different ailments or cancer or experience some kind of loss or something like and that. And what was Meatloaf's uh, affliction? He had testicular cancer be- from taking steroids, which is why he had what they called in the movie "bitch tits."
0: <laughs> Which was also the nickname for A Rod in the Yankees clubhouse. <laughs> I'm not making that up. That was know. really that was the because A Rod was on steroids, and then he got off steroids, and he had bitch tits. So okay. yeah,
1: <laughs> okay. Um, so he starts going to these groups, um, and uh, then he can all of a sudden, you know, he starts weeping with these people, and then I, I don't know. I guess the release of emotions allows him to be able to sleep um the i don't know at at the very beginning it's a very it's it's a lot thrown at you at once um you know a lot of times movies kind of ease you into the plot this one you jump right in edward norton's narrating he's talking very fast there's a lot of information thrown at you um you really have to be on your toes from the second this thing starts do you agree yeah
0: i mean i guess so when does helena bonham carter come in because that's where he meets her because they're both going to these they're going to these self-help meetings that they don't need to go to
1: right right so we turns out she's also doing the same thing he's doing which is going to these self-help meetings neither one of them seem to have anything wrong with them um in terms of they don't need to be going to these meetings anyway um but they are and he's angry at her for going even though she's she's know, going for the he has, same reasons he's he doing is. the exact same thing she is so he has obviously has no right to be mad at her um it's funny because i i wrote in my notes narrated by ed norton and i didn't realize until after i saw the movie and then went on imdb that he is he's credited as narrator <laughs> I think so, they refer
0: to his name as Jack or something, and I don't know if that's in the novel. I don't know. Or, I, I don't know. It's yeah. very confusing. He's, he's, I, he is credited as the narrator. He right. doesn't... Technically speaking, Edward Norton's character does not have a name in this movie.
1: Right. Unless um, you take his name as, well, Tyler Durden, but we'll get to that later. Right, but I think even then, that's not really his character's name. That's his kind of alter ego, but... Okay, um, so then he doesn't have a name, <laughs> we <right>. don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, so then um, you know he kind of has a, um, he, he kind of resents, um, Helena Helena bon- Bonham Carter. What's her name? Marla, right? Marla, yeah, Marla Singer. Um, okay. he he like I said, he's mad that she's faking it, just like he is. Uh, he confronts her about it. Um, they decide to split up the meetings so they don't go to the same ones together and, mm-hmm. you know, they kind of divvy up who goes to what and he gets her phone number and, uh, yeah, it seems like, you know, he, they may kind of hit it off. Um, mm-hmm. he, uh, Edward Norton dreams of a plane crash, uh, when he's traveling for work, he talks about that how was goes- a good sequence. Yeah, he talks about how he goes to a bunch of different cities, and you know, doesn't. And those are very
0: ballsy sequence because Twentieth Century Fox did not want to shoot that because they didn't. They you know they want their movie to be able to play on airplanes, and with that sequence in there, that would never be able to be an option on an airplane to watch. So uh, that was they were going to lose money from that. But yeah. I think that was a good sequence, nonetheless.
1: When the plane, like, pretends to hit another plane or in his dream. That sequence you're yeah. talking about?
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Where everything, you know, the masks come down. The plane pretty much is, you know, broken into two. Yeah, so.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, when he wakes up, Brad Pitt is next to him. Uh, he tells him his name is Tyler Durden. He sells soap for a living. Um, they both have, he talks, uh... Ed Norton says that they both have the same briefcase. Um, now, again, at this point and spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the movie by now or, or know of this, but you know, they are the same person. Right. And mm-hmm. I, well, knew- we don't know
0: that yet. We don't know that until the last 15, 20 minutes. We don't, movie.
1: we yeah, the audience doesn't know that yet, but I personally knew it because like I said, this movie had been, the, the, the ending had been spoiled for me. I, you know. God knows when, but I, I just always knew that they were the same person. So, Right from the start, I'm seeing all the clues that are there. So, mm, and there are
0: certainly ample clues. Ample clues, too.
1: yes. Um, which is the same for another movie, um, The that, Sixth Sense. Yes, and which also came out in
0: 1999.
1: Interesting. Um, and man, I am blanking on the name right now, but it is the one where Shutter Island. Uh, another movie, which came way later way than later both of but these has movies. but yeah. if you know the ending of that movie and you watch it again through a different lens it's so obvious but the first time you watch it and you don't know what's happening or how it ends you know you don't even pick up on the little clues um so i'm assuming yeah, i remember thinking shutter
0: island had that ending and kind of hoping it didn't but then when it did i feel like shutter island is the worst screenplay martin scorsese has ever directed and he directed the hell out of it and he had the best (laughs) cast to work with and and because of everything else other than the script shutter island ended up in my opinion being a good movie so
1: yeah um but anyway uh, the the similarity there like i said is I, i looked at it through a different lens now i don't know if that matters like, is this is this movie being good or not hinge on the fact that you don't know that they're different people? I don't know. Um, does the sixth
0: sense hinge on the fact that you know Bruce Willis is dead the whole time? You yes. tell me. Yes. Then, it does. then, then for that, in my opinion, sixth sense isn't a good movie.
1: And I'm not going to argue that, but well, you know, but um, I, I don't know that in this movie. But this movie has bigger themes going on. I feel like in that movie. Correct. The whole whole point of the... You know, there's no... It was all the twist. Here there's a
0: twist that just didn't settle with me, but it it expects... I respect this movie for the mood and the tone it creates. And then when it throws in that absurd, ridiculous twist of you expect me to believe that a man punching himself is going to inspire all these other men to follow him... I just couldn't accept that. And so so to an extent, yeah, it's it's freaking ridiculous. And I, I just, that's where, you know, I just threw in the towel and I'm like, no, this is the dumbest thing ever. So, but once again, at the same time, you have to, if you, to fully embrace this movie the way my friends do or did, about, you know, you've got to accept some really far-fetched things. And a lot of movies make you, you know, throw logic out the window and accept these things. And this movie couldn't make me do that. And yeah, so I... I... The fact that this man, the, the narrator, shoots himself in the face, killing his alter ego, Tyler Durden, yet not himself, and he can still stand and talk to Helena Bonham Carter as the world blows up around him... Come on. I mean, come on. Okay? <laughs> well, you're, you're,
1: I, you're jumping ahead here, so. I'm jumping way ahead, but, you know,
0: you're. So I would have accepted this movie if it wasn't for the last 15 minutes. Doesn't mean I'd have liked it, but it, the last 15 minutes really ask you to throw logic out the window. And I guess I, I wasn't sucked in enough to the other parts of the narrative to, to completely ignore all logic. All
1: right. Well, let's all right. Let's get there. Um, because yeah. we're still a ways away. So we are a ways away. Um. Ways so ways. now you know he's met he's met Tyler Durden. He gets back to his apartment. His apartment is um blown all up. IKEA. And, and now let me time out. Time out. Let yeah. me just let
0: me just explain something here. this movie came out my junior year of high school and its target demographic was young young white males, the majority of my friends then, and they became obsessed with this film. They loved it. They worshipped Tyler Durden. They called it the best movie they've ever seen. They said it changed their lives. I was sort of just shrugging my shoulders saying, okay, I like the dark tone and the mood, but the preposterous ending was what I couldn't get past. Now... Years later, they've all turned into what this movie was rebelling against. <laughs> okay, my friends aren't, they're not, you know, anti consumerism. They're not, no, they're buying crap at IKEA. They're buying crap at, you know, whatever the government S- is telling you to Starbucks buy at. Starbucks and- Exactly. Okay? They're, they're, they're the consumers and the corporate drones. They're working for the corporations that this film was raging against, pun intended. Rage Against the Machine, one of the biggest bands in 1999. Okay? That, that's what they've become. Okay? And the hypocrisy is just ridiculous. So I- I'm glad I never drank the Kool Aid of this movie, because if I did, I'd be homeless, or I'd be dead, or I'd be in jail. Okay, <laughs> you know, I, I just, I-, I guess they got to live vicariously through these characters, and that was enough for them. I'm not sure, but it was a disappointment. And it-, it, was, it was just whatever. That's that's my take on it. Okay, all these people that love this movie have turned into what this movie hates. That I know. I can't speak for the people that are in jail or the people that, you know, maybe my, the, the random acquaintances that I saw Tyler Durden posters in, in college, in the dorm rooms. But the ones that I know that really love it, it's just, it's, oh, it's, it's, it's so hypocritical to me.
1: All right. Well, that is interesting. And, uh, (laughs) that, well, what I want to say about this movie, which I don't want to say till the end, uh, Kind of goes back to that, so we'll remember. So save it for the end and keep going, said. keep going, on. Go yeah, we'll on. remember keep everything going. you just said because I want to touch on that too, but I don't want to give away my thoughts on the movie.
0: Um, Fine.
1: All right, so um, clearly you're passionate about this movie, so you want to. Do that's that. why I picked it. Okay, that's
0: why I picked it, and and you know what? And I watched it again, and I've watched this movie many times over the years. So once again, these are some of my best friends that love this movie. I want, and I respect the tone and the atmosphere and the direction of the movie. I don't respect the message, and I really don't respect the way it insults the audience's intelligence. And I, I just, it, which meaning the ending, the twist. Okay, you know, uh, but just whatever, keep going. I, I, I go off. All right. <laughs> I can't. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't.
1: I can't. Um, <laughs> you got it. All right. Um, so. <laughs> We, the, the, like I said, uh, uh, at the narrator's apartment gets blown up, um, so he calls Tyler. Well, first he calls Hella Bonham, Helena Bonham Carter, uh, Marla. Uh, he calls her first. She doesn't, Well, uh, then he, was, he hangs up the phone as soon as she picks up, and then he ends up calling Tyler and wants to stay with him. They meet at a bar. They have a conversation that, I'll be honest, I don't remember what it was about. Um, Mm -hmm. but I remember they had a conversation that was probably relevant to the movie. Um, but it just didn't, I don't remember what they talked about. I don't remember. He ends up, um, staying with Tyler, but before they do, when they leave the bar, um, Tyler tells him to punch him and, or hit him as hard as he can. Um, and, um, he does. Well, he hits him in the ear, and he starts yelling at him for hitting him in the ear. Um, but then they start fighting, and then other people come and, and start watching. Um, and then next thing you know, they have a fight club started. Uh, first, they it's outside, and then they kind of move it into a basement. Um, and we also get a little bit of background of Tyler Durden. Uh, he works at – he makes soap. Uh, which he makes from fat that he steals from uh, a, a, like, basically liposuction, right, place.
0: And I thought that was kind of cool, because like, that is how soap is actually made,
1: from, like, animal fat and gross right. stuff like that, so... Right. Um, and there was a line about how he you know he steals women's fat, makes soap out of it, and then sells it back to them for top dollar or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Um, he works at some other odd jobs he's a banquet waiter which he urinates in the soup right and Mm -hmm. um you know it's just basically disgusting and he also is a real changer in a movie but he splices in shots of uh male genitalia or you know porn or whatever did you You notice the the splices
0: of tyler durden in the movie
1: I noticed one, and then I read that there were a few more that I didn't. There's realize. like twelve altogether. Yeah, it's literally
0: one frame and at certain points. You have to pause it. And yeah, stuff. yeah, I, I so remember
1: seeing him as like in a picture or something, and
0: it's it's scattered throughout the movie, especially through the first like ninety minutes yeah, before Tyler Durden 90. really becomes a character.
1: Because Tyler
0: Durden doesn't really start speaking or becoming a character much till what like thirty minutes into the movie or
1: so. Yeah, whenever they're next to each other on the plane, that's really when he becomes a character. Yeah.
0: So and then after that but you see him you see him like the opening scene you see him you see him they cross paths at the airport at the airport yeah. um but then there's other moments where he's just you know blinking you miss him oh my god that's brad pitt but it's a, literally a frame okay, yeah the so. one that
1: stuck out to me was uh in one of the groups he was like standing right next to the whoever's leading the group yes yes yep that's that, one of that them, was the yeah. one that stuck out to me but um mm-hmm. and i read that there were a few others but i guess i missed there's him. like there's like
0: 12 or uh, I don't know. There's a lot, especially early on. So,
1: yep. So they end up starting a fight club in the basement of a bar. And that's when the, the signature line comes. The first rule of fight club is you do not talk about fight club. Uh, and then he goes through all the rules of fight club. Brad Pitt does. Um, Brad Pitt ends up sleeping with Marla um, a few times or constantly kind of throughout the middle of the movie. Um those were some of the scenes where it was so obvious that I've, I I wanted to be like if I didn't know would I have picked up on it by now or would I have been that naive um like when he says like they were never in the same room at the same time or um when he talks to Marla and he's like tells you know it just uh, it just seems so obvious that the way he was speaking to her and sh- her reaction to him speaking to her made so much sense that she was so confused because she just slept with him. You know what I mean?
0: Mm. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Like, he'd be I, like, I like like yeah. he
1: would, he, like, she would come down from sleeping with Tyler, and quotation marks, uh, and talk to him, and he would tell her to get out of the house, and she would get all angry and leave. Well, mm. why would she get all angry and leave just because he said that? You know what I mean? Like, to me, it made so much mm. more sense that they were sleeping together, <laughs> that he was the one, you know? Like that it was only him. And and of course she'd be pissed off that he said that because, you know, he just came there. She was went, went there and slept with him. And then he's telling her to leave. Um, yeah, see,
0: I, uh, here's my take
1: on Helena Bonham's Carter's
0: character. She only existed in this film to be a receptacle for sex. Okay. Mm-hmm. She was just, I guess this is a, young white males fantasy or point of view and this is where women rank and they're just supposed to be for sex and that's it and you throw them away afterwards i i I don't know what do you what do you take of her it's certainly not feminist okay so so i've got friends that are all like oh pro-feminist pro this this is I, i guess it's intentionally not supposed to be feminist but what what do you think about that
1: yeah, um, I, I didn't really see any feminists there. Um, she's kind of, yeah, just like someone for him to She's garbage. First of all, her character's freaking supposed to, she
0: looks like white trash. She acts like white trash. She's treated like trash. I, what, what else is there? Okay, yeah. so, I mean, she's a receptacle for sex. I can't think of another way to describe her character.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's not really much else to her. Um Yeah, so, so. there, I hit the nail on the head. That's,
0: you know, unless, once again, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not saying I'm a genius. I'm not saying my, you know, opinion and analysis of this movie is fact, but if you can come up with a better <laughs> anything about her character, please. I'm I'm all ears, but to me, she serves as nothing but male fantasy of women are garbage for sex and that's
1: it yeah because she doesn't really have any other that i can think of main point in the movie other than you know somewhat of a love interest but she even calls i was gonna say maybe at the end
0: yeah he holds her hand and they watch I, i i don't know i but she's she's just white trash okay like that's i can't you know GM. well i think she even
1: calls herself that and in, in if you were
0: to good. say what what female character is the epitome of white trash for a woman i don't know <laughs> like helena bonham carter and fight club so kudos to her for that i guess i don't know
1: yeah, I mean, I guess that's what they're going for. I, I don't know. I, yeah. So um, I, I may pick movies that,
0: you know, I, I don't like, but at least I pick interesting movies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like I didn't like The Master, but I got to give The Master credit. There are great things in it. I don't like this movie, but it's an interesting movie to talk about, If is what mm-hmm. I'll say. So And I still have no idea how Rich feels about this, so please keep that in mind those that are listening.
1: All right, so um the the detective calls uh the narrator and tells him that it's possible that his apartment could have it could have been arson and that his apartment was actually blown up um and this is after we already get the scene um oh no, that was before we get the scene about um soap and how and like making explosives and the chemical burn scene. What do you think of the chemical burn scene? Pretty graphic. I mean,
0: a, a lot of the violence in this movie is graphic.
1: Yes. Okay.
0: I, I, I do remember then and now squirming and thinking, ooh, you know, that's... Yeah, they, they're definitely trying to go for... It. This movie, the way we talked about, I don't know, Don't Look Up, trying to be the Dr. Strangelove of um the 20, you know, 2021... I I feel like this movie was very much channeling Stanley Kubrick and trying to be the Clockwork Orange of 1999. So okay. where the violence feels like ooh, you know. And if you know anything about Clockwork Orange, the movie ends where the book doesn't, so there's eerie similarities there as well. So mm.
1: Um Yeah, so the um, you know, it he yeah, he burns his hand when they're making soap. Basically, he talks about how soap can also be used uh, as an explosive device. Um, So I think, you know, it's clear that uh, Tyler was the one that blew up the narrator's apartment. Um, Mm -hmm. The narrator threatens his boss when the boss finds a Fight Club poster that he left in the copier. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, says basically saying how, you know, this person... The, the person that left that there is a very dangerous person and not somebody you want to cross. He could come in here and shoot up the place, which I had read prior to Columbine was a favorite scene for many people. And then post Columbine was the exact opposite. This movie
0: came out after Columbine. So Columbine was April 99. This was October
1: 99. So. OK, so maybe during screenings then or something, because okay, I had heard that, that scene pre Columbine. Yeah was uh, a scene that audiences or maybe it was just test audiences liked, but then Mm -hmm. post-Columbine it didn't sit well with people. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because he talks about coming in and shooting up the place basically. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, No, this movie gets away for a lot, whether it's 1999 or... I,
1: I don't think this
0: movie could be made in 2021, 2022. Probably.
1: No, Well, not the same. Not shot for shot for sure. Um no. or you know or or And just, so for that I give some, this movie yeah. credit.
0: I'm I'm this movie I we'll, we'll get to the end where I respect this movie. I don't like this movie, but
1: I have to give it respect, you
0: know. So
1: Um the owner of the club where the fight club is uh, in the basement um he comes down and sees the guys and tells them they got to get out of there. Um he beats up Tyler Kind of. Um, it was all just a, a trap to get Tyler all bloody. And then he jumps on top of him and starts spitting blood on him, telling him, you don't know where I've been, um, basically. And then the the guy that owns the, the bar where they are fighting in the basement ends up just saying, like, fine, whatever, use it, and just kind of runs out of there, which I thought was an odd scene. Um, mm-hmm. This is around the time that we're seeing Brad Pitt with his you know
0: shirt off, where his body fat was allegedly at a minus like negative 1% body yeah, fat on his com- body. Completely. What works. did you think of Brad Pitt's performance? It certainly is a physical performance.
1: Yeah, no, I, th- I think he's, he's solid. And I think that everyone is, I mean, you can't, okay. you know, if you have problems with this movie, that's fine, but I don't think you can blame the acting or the director. Okay. And I agree with that. I
0: well, directing maybe, but the acting, no, I agree that Brad Pitt certainly gives his all. Uh, with what he's asked to do here
1: and like you said earlier he's they needed a Brad Pitt type character to play that role right right
0: um, like when we did Gatsby and you needed DiCaprio if it wasn't DiCaprio it had to be Brad Pitt or Christian Bale
1: or someone of that caliber had right. to
0: play that role
1: yeah um he um, the narrator uh, beats himself up in front of his boss uh, I hated that scene I don't know what you thought about it me like. too. Yeah, I thought that Me was so too. bizarre and weird and I, I don't know. It was just odd. And but I it proves that that's it. what he's doing. Yeah. Well, yeah, later you realize that, oh, this is what he's been doing this whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, they, um, these guys start, uh, then, you know, they, I don't know. At some point, the, the movie starts to get a little crazy here. Um, they mm-hmm. start to recruit people to live in the house with them. They start making. Meanwhile, you know, their like, house is dilapidated. The basement's flooded. Yeah, electrical a, wires it, yeah, everywhere. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's falling apart. Um, the the roof leaks and everything. Like it's just terrible. Um, they start causing mayhem or mischief. These these this group of people, uh, which kind of stemmed from the Fight Clubs. Um, they threaten, you know, he threatens a convenience store clerk at one point, takes his license and tells him, you know, turn your life around basically. Um, they, um, they, they Bob ends up dying because, um, he gets shot in the back, but they were like, they, they vandalize some kind of like corporate art structure to uh which was a big a giant ball and and got it to roll into a coffee chain which was supposed to be starbucks i read but starbucks didn't want them mm-hmm. uh yep. th- didn't want them vandalizing a store um, although they did allow their product placement in throughout the whole movie basically and how much pepsi product placement was
0: in this movie yeah. that stood out for me a movie that's so anti-corporate anti-big business anti-establishment a lot of Pepsi product placement. So, once again, another thing adding to the hypocrisy of Fight Club.
1: Yep. Um, they make a big smiley face on a movie. Uh, they threaten the commissioner of police when he says he's going after them. And it was that scene with Brad Pitt kind of leading the crew that I got a hint of him as Aldo the Apache. And I (laughs) I wonder if Quentin Tarantino thought the same when he saw this.
0: I'm not sure. I don't know if Tarantino likes this movie or not, but uh, Brad Pitt is an immensely talented actor. I don't think Fight Club is a good example of that, but Mm -hmm. I guess it is. It just wouldn't be, if I was to list my top five Brad Pitt performances, Fight Club wouldn't be in the top five, but... If you like this movie, I get why you like Brad Pitt, you know, in this movie. Yeah.
1: Um, They they play chicken with uh, a tractor trailer. They end up getting into a car accident. Um, And then Tyler kind of disappears for a little while. Um, And then um, we talked about Bob dying and then they that's when they start chanting his name is robert paulson kind of like oh when you die you have a name Mm -hmm. um he goes and travels to big cities and i
0: saw a lot of that on facebook by the way from friends of mine that love fight club a lot of what So you know his name is robert paulson say his name when you die you have a name that sort of
1: thing you saw that stuff then or currently
0: currently after meatloaf died
1: Really? Yep.
0: Wow. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. So, this is, yeah. People love Fight Club. I'm not one of them, but people I know really love Fight Club. They loved it 20 years ago. They love it now.
1: Yeah. Um, So, after the car crash, um, Tyler's not in the house very much. Um, uh, The narrator finds a bunch of plane tickets in Tyler's room that he so then he starts traveling to these cities looking for them and then you kind of you, you get the idea that uh, in all of these cities Tyler is well known and they, all these cities have fight clubs and um, eventually the you find out that even cops are in on it and basically it's like this whole underground society of people that are in these fight clubs and are willing to do uh, these project mayhem, uh, acts, which are you know whether it's you know vandalizing or uh you know standing up to the man or or raging against the corporate machine like you talked about mm-hmm. or um ultimately I guess you know their their big thing is going to be just you know blowing up like tw- like five buildings or something like that right um. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is the point where it loses you, right? Officially,
0: yeah. Whenever they make the reveal that you know, well, is it, is it the reveal
1: or is it the fact that there's also like a nationwide coalition of people that, <laughs> that... doesn't
0: ha- that that doesn't? But once you realize that, it just. I mean, do you really think that level-headed men? And no matter how lost or, you know, lonely they are around the country would follow this man who's punching himself in the face. Uh, I don't care how confused and lost they are. That would never happen if this movie were done, you know, without relying on the twist. I would have rather this movie not had Tyler Durden exist and just had Edward Norton talking to himself. Or talking where you don't hear the other side and just punching himself in the face and then letting the, and then maybe seeing the people follow him like that and seeing what you get out of it because it just doesn't would, make sense. Would
1: you like this movie more if the two people existed but they weren't the same person?
0: I wouldn't like it if it wasn't for the ridiculous ending, okay, <laughs> that all these people are going to follow this man who's punching himself in the face. Well, I and,
1: I, and my one a part of my thing about it is that, especially the fact that it's Edward Norton, and no, not any disrespect to him as a person, but at least Brad Pitt has charisma and, and a, you know, a... a
0: uh, Edward Norton can have charisma, certainly. No, but not. You know, but,
1: yeah. but Brad Pitt has the image. Okay, well, too. Brad Pitt's Brad Pitt. He's exactly. a Tom Brady,
0: Brad Pitt, Michael Jordan. There's very few people that have the same level of charisma as Brad Pitt. So yeah, I, exactly. I so like, how many people look like him? Okay, so, right. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So to me, right? Would you follow Joe Schmo, who looks like every other guy and is punching himself in the face? Or would you follow somebody who looks like Brad Pitt? So if Pitt? Brad
0: Pitt played the Edward Norton character and then there was no other Tyler Durden or no other character, I, I don't think that would have made a difference. Because you're still watching, whether he's a good-looking man or an average-looking man, punching himself
1: in the face.
0: He's a man punching himself in the face, Rich. It's ridiculous. <laughs> to to This...
1: Well, no, but I'm saying if they were actually two different people this whole time, like, if they weren't the same person and there were two different people, like, if the reveal didn't exist and they were just two different people.
0: Then you're talking about a totally different movie, and then I don't know how I would feel, to be honest. Okay, to be honest, because then then would I accept the mood or would I accept what's going on? I don't know. Well, then it's right.
1: Then, Then the twist goes out the window, and then it's just the theme of the movie. And yes, obviously the. It's the is theme have to I didn't have a, a bit, problem but. with.
0: You know, I don't like the obsession that came around it, but I, the theme. Okay, yeah, consumerism is bad. Okay, you know, American corporations are bad. I, I, I get it. You know, like, like natural born killers. The media is corrupt. The media is evil. The media is just pumping you with fear. I get it, but I feel like that did it in a more interesting way or at least to me a more believable and responsible way than this movie did relying on a twist relying on a gimmick uh but i like the mood of the film i like the tone that the director and the actors create it's just the last 20 minutes i'm just like how do you expect me to believe this because okay if the movie was cartoon-esque almost like natural born killers was then okay fine but this movie takes itself so seriously and it's the the violence is so graphic and the fighting is so brutal how I don't understand how you know they're going to pull this you know 180 and be like you know oh it's all surreal it's all crazy and then once again even leading up to the final act you know the final 10 minutes which are the most surreal and really asking you to, you know, throw logic completely out the window and, you know, really jump into the world of disbelief. I I, I can't accept that. So. so
1: I think it's funny you mentioned natural born killers because I would say the last 15, 20 minutes of this movie reminded me very much of natural born killers. In the turn. whole movie or the
0: last 15 minutes of Natural Born Killers? That's where I... Both.
1: The last 15 minutes of this movie and the last 15 minutes of Natural Born Killers. Where everything just they got they get out of crazy. jail and
0: then they kill, it gets crazy. They get well, out of jail I mean, and they yeah, kill the Yeah, I mean, the, the whole
1: jail escape and Natural Born Killers. Mm. And everything just gets crazy and you really have to suspend belief uh, in, in this movie and that movie. I, it kind of reminded me of that in terms of just like like you said, the surrealness of it. Um mm. But anyway, um they um so yeah, so it's so Marla they he throws her on a bus to get her out of there. Um he ends up you know, they the his his goons end up bringing her back, even though he doesn't want her back. Yeah. Um she he ends up shooting himself in the head to kill Brad Pitt. In the in face, trial. in yes, the jaw. Yes. Well he does he put the gun in his mouth or does it it's does it, in his mouth, a
0: hundred percent which kills his alter ego. It kills Tyler Durden. You see the giant bullet hole in the back of Brad Pitt's head. Right. And Edward Norton still talking.
1: Yes, talking fine. Are you kidding me?
0: Are you freaking kidding
1: me? Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was odd. Uh, and then odd. Uh, yeah, well, putting it. <laughs> That's okay. Thank
0: you for acknowledging that. Thank you, Rich. Okay.
1: Um, and then the movie ends with uh. The narrator and uh, Marla staring out the window as all of the uh, buildings that they're staring out at one in by downtown one. Los
0: Angeles. This is L.A. By the yeah, way, okay. this is downtown, downtown LA. L.A. Okay, start yeah.
1: to crumble one by one. So they and
0: I'll say the with the song of the Pixies. Okay, where is my mind playing over that scene and over the ending credits? That. Almost makes up for the crap that they expected me to believe. Almost. Okay. So. All right. So, and that's Fight Club. That's the end. Where you got to the end credits. So That's it. You know where I stand. I've established that you expect me to believe that shooting yourself in the face is going to kill your alter ego. You know, other personality, but not you. And then you'll still be able to talk. And... Make a coherent sentence. I, I guess this movie threw everything there, and if you're going to accept it, you're going to, you know, accept the crazy, the surreal, bizarre craziness that this movie throws at you, and that won't accept you. I guess the problem was I didn't accept what it threw at me the first 120 minutes. So the last 15 minutes, I'm still going to be like, nope, 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 not buying it. So I didn't buy it. So you know I think this is a real big mistake. It expects me to take huge leaps of faith and logic and the same thing that Seven does, the same thing that the game does, and Fight Club. I guess Fincher was into these dark, broody, you know, mood pieces that, you know, really accept ask the audience to take these wild leaps of faith and I couldn't take them with him and until, you know, panic room and Zodiac. And then certainly, um, the social network, do I think he really, you know, became the great director that he's revered as today and deservedly. So, but, um, yeah, fight club just never worked for me. I've given it many chances over the past 23 years And it just never did it for me. So that's where I stand. I get why people like it. I like the mood. And I like how it stands for... It does represent 1999 very well. Mm -hmm. In the sense that men of a certain age... It captures how they were feeling. They were feeling lost. They had no wars to fight. No Vietnam. No Nazis. No purpose. Okay? It would be another two years until 9-11 started the war on terror and changed all our lives. And now everything that happened in the last five years with Trump and the pandemic and the economy. Fight Club feels more irrelevant today, but more like a snapshot of how men felt in 1999 when everything was so good for them and they didn't realize it. And they still had this pent-up anger and aggression and angst. And the only way they could let it out was fighting and punching each other in a basement. So for that I respect it as a snapshot of white male aggression of 1999. But I still think it's a real big mistake. So, Rich, I've had the same feeling for 23 years. You've never fully seen this movie. I'd love to know, Rich, what do you think of Fight Club, good, bad, otherwise, etc.? Because there's a lot of good to this movie. I also think there's a lot of bad to this movie. But what do you think?
1: Um, So, I think that it all depends on when you saw this movie, or at least for me, it does. Uh, clearly, it didn't for you because you saw this opening weekend, right?
0: I saw it opening weekend, and I was just like, and Nope, you hated it not then, for and me. You hate it now. And um, I hate it now. Nothing has changed for me in 23 years, which tells you, I guess, more about me than the movie or both. I don't know. You interpret that how you will.
1: So, I feel like that if I saw this at the time it came out, this would probably be, like, my favorite movie of the day. Um, Wow, okay. But, I did not see it when it first came out. (laughs) Okay. And as seeing it as someone who is in his late 30s, and like you said earlier, the people that you, your friends that love this movie all became the person that... Uh, this movie, you know, comes or or, you know, the kind of part, the the commercialist that this movie paints in a negative picture. Yeah. When uh, they were
0: 15 or 16, they weren't buying things at Ikea. They weren't buying things, anything. Their mommy and daddy were buying right, exactly. everything for them.
1: OK, that, whatever money they that. had was
0: going to the movies. OK, <laughs>
1: So at this point in my life, I, too, am already one of those people that, you know, I drink expensive coffee and I buy I don't buy things from Ikea, but I buy expensive things for my house and Home Depot, like, Lowe's, yeah, yeah, Home IKEA, Depot, exactly. whatever you're, you know, so I'm, Ashley
0: furniture, whatever it may be. OK, yeah, yeah.
1: so um, they and I enjoy it and I don't have and I don't see anything wrong with that. And I am mm. perfectly fine being that person. So uh, the message of this movie just did not resonate with me at all at this point in my life. Um, yeah. Again, had I seen this in college, I don't know if it would have been my, my favorite movie of the time, but I could see me liking it a lot more than I liked it this time. Uh, I don't think that this movie is complete you know, garbage or anything like that, I I think... And neither do I.
0: I respect the mood. I respect the tone. I respect the direction. I respect the acting, like you said. So that's where I'm conflicted. Like, there's a lot of good to this movie, but the twist is where it completely lost me. And coming a few months after The Sixth Sense where just it was twist central, I just, you know, uh, uh, whatever. And I saw them both, you know, in theaters at the time, so...
1: So for me, it wasn't the twist that did it. Because I already knew going into it that that was going to happen. And, mm, that's true. Uh,
0: you said that earlier. Um,
1: so I, the twist didn't bother me. And I probably... I don't know how I would feel if I didn't know that was a thing. So I can't even speculate on that. But it wasn't the twist that got me. It wasn't even the gunshot to the face where you could still talk afterwards that got me. What what I, what I got me about the end of the movie was the whole... How, how you the the suspension of disbelief to the point where we're supposed to believe that that this is like a national movement of people mm. and they are following a man for... punching himself in the face right exactly and 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 all like I, I kind of hinted at this before not just a man that's punching himself in the face Edward Norton that's punch, punching himself in the face like if I saw so Edward he Norton he needed to be better looking like face, Brad Pitt okay. Oh well, if I saw Edward Norton punching himself in the face, I don't. I mean, I would have to be, I guess, at the lowest point in my life to think, "Ooh, I want to follow. <laughs> I want to follow this guy. And I you know want to follow I mean, this guy. <laughs> like at least Brad Pitt's like, well, all right, this guy's good looking, so at least like maybe I can be like him. You know, like what do I what 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 do I get out of following Edward Norton? He's not that he's ugly or anything, but he's an he's an average Joe looking guy. He's right? not Brad Pitt. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. He has yeah. nothing yeah. going for him. Why would I want to be him? You know, the people I feel like mm. the people you follow are people you want to be like well, why would I want to be, what about Edward Norton is attracting me to follow him? You know, so at least Brad Pitt, maybe I could see myself following him because, you know, I'm like, oh, well, he's cool. He's, you know, he's a good looking guy. I could, you know, see myself following that kind of a person. Edward Norton, on the other hand, I would probably <laughs> be uh, escorting him to the loony bin <laughs> um, for for seeing him punch himself in the face. But um, so that's my biggest thing is that yeah, The twist, not that I have a problem with it, but i it's the fact that I'm supposed to believe that Edward Norton started this whole movement single-handedly. I feel the same way. You expect
0: me to believe that all these people around the country right. are going to follow, whether it's, I never thought to think about Edward Norton, Brad Pitt, anybody, any man that's going to punch themselves in the face continuously Will get people to follow him? Yeah, no. You would if you had the power to. You would escort them to the Looney Bin, exactly as you said. Well, no, so, but
1: I, but yeah. would you? If if you were to follow somebody, that would would it be Edward Norton or Brad Pitt?
0: I guess Brad Pitt. Exactly. I don't <laughs> think I'd follow either. But yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> Obviously, yes, I wouldn't either. But if I'm if there if, if I had the choice between the two, uh, you know, Brad Pitt is a more enticing person to follow down that path than Edward Norton. <laughs> um, okay i guess so. but that's yeah. just me um but I, so ultimately at this point in my life i'm gonna say this movie is a real big mistake
2: oh, okay. had
1: i had i seen it when i was 20 years ago i probably would have liked it and been able to swallow a lot of that stuff more and mm. would have probably been like enamored by the twist and how, you know, maybe it fooled me or something like that. Or, Oh my God, mm. they were the same person this whole time. Cause I think, you know, you could say what you want about the twist, but I think that it led to a lot of the people that like this movie. I think that's, you know, that that's a, a part of what they like about it is the twist. I mean, you can't ignore that. That's a major part of the movie. Um, oh Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's a bad movie. But I agree. There's a
0: lot that I respect about this. I'm conflicted. like And that's why I've given this movie many chances over the years.
1: But I would definitely was not blown away watching it. Um, okay.
0: And there are people that I know that still consider this a masterpiece. Yeah, a and classic, again, the, the, the central
1: message of the movie, the anti-commercialism, at this point in my life, that doesn't resonate with me at all um I i am i have no problem with with admitting that being shopping at ikea
0: or home depot or whatever you know high-end store that you're shopping at Yeah. yeah okay
1: yeah exactly and you know like you said what would you be doing if you weren't then you'd be living in you know a a dilapidated house and (laughs) beating each other (laughs) like brad pitt was
0: in edward norton were in this movie with a flooded basement and electrical problems and (laughs) i mean who knows (laughs) probably dead but yeah i mean it's eh, okay well i guess we both agree that this is a real big mistake and i had no idea what you would think about this movie but at least do you do you was this an interesting movie to watch
1: yeah, definitely. Um, it's just you know, the ending when you really have to start suspending belief is when it kind of lost me, and and I'm the same way. Rich, you that, and I
0: are on the same wavelength.
1: That's there. when I started to lose interest in the movie and got I, honestly, I got bored with the movie at that point. I, it, I'm mm. sure the movie's intent is for me to be the exact opposite of bored at that point, but I'm just like, oh, uh, here we go. Like mm-hmm. this is getting more and more ridiculous as the movie goes on. Um, and, and at no fault to the actors at all. I mean, they they were all great, and I understand mm-hmm. why this is an iconic role for uh, both of them, especially Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I agree. You know, you can. Uh, how many times have you seen the image of him? You know, with his shirt off in this movie? Yeah. And, oh yeah, it's um, an iconic m- right. moment. In and like the I said, you history, know, the, yeah. some of the well, the the main, you know, the Fight Club rule number one. I mean, I think everyone <laughs> that's ever has any pop culture reference or history in their life knows that the first world fight club is, you don't talk about fight club, whether or not you've seen this movie. Um, you probably uh, yeah. know that. Um, so yeah,
0: and I'm going to say, yeah, the, 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 just the one thing I want to say though, as much as I dislike this movie then, and my opinion has not changed now, I still respect this movie. And if anything, I respect it more today. Like I said, for how it represents 1999 mm-hmm. very well. Look how good white men had it in 1999, okay, compared to, you know, previously there was no war on terror, there was no pandemic, there was no Me Too movement, or, you know, political correctness hadn't reached its point of cancel culture, so, uh, you know, and they, they, but yet white men were still angry, and they felt oppressed, and they felt, uh, you know, this angst Mm -hmm. that they couldn't get out and yeah because they they felt they had no purpose and there was no purpose Mm -hmm. there was no wars okay clinton era you know it was great okay for for a white man at least okay there was you know you were at the top of the scale the top of everything and there was nothing else you know nothing going on so it captures how white men felt because they still had that you know, angst, they still lacked that purpose. And, you know, no, we didn't have Vietnam, but eventually after 9-11, we got our war on terror. We had wars in Afghanistan and uh, Iraq. And, you know, two years from now, this, you know, in 2001, Fight Club would have been completely irrelevant. But in 1999, perfect time capsule of mm-hmm. how a lot of young white men felt. So, I give it credit for that. Yeah. But other than that, <laughs> I, I don't think it's a good movie, per se. Yep,
1: I, I agree. Um, I'm glad I saw it, just so I could say I f- finally saw it. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, other than that, you know, it's, it's just, it's fine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't, like I said, it's not a bad movie. I didn't hate it, but I mm-hmm. don't think it deserves the hype it got maybe at the time yeah. i you know i don't hear about this movie too much anymore other than mm. um, and i also I, I found interesting i read that rosie o'donnell apparently got mad and spoiled the movie the did you hear about that or no
0: no i didn't but i'm not surprised because rosie o'donnell had a talk show in 1999 yes. and she was very liberal yes. and she was i remember she i think it was tom Selleck she had on there as a guest and she attacked him for being a member of the nra and he's like What's going on here? I was here to plug a movie. What are we doing? Like you know, yeah. she she put her you know liberal politics to the forefront and whatever. But yeah, she came across looking like a bully, looking mean, looking you know mm-hmm. wrong. Um, so I didn't realize that, but or I didn't know that about Fight Club. But
1: yeah. So all right, well that yeah. does it for Fight Club. Um. Yep. So. We're gonna move on next week. It's my pick, right? Mm-hmm. It is. Um, so next weekend is Super Bowl weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh so I decided to go with a theme. Um now I did any given Sunday last time because of, you know, football and playoffs. Um, so now I'm going to pick a movie that has something to do with the Super Bowl. Can you have do you have any idea what it could be? I can't think of
0: a single movie that has to do with the Super Bowl. There's other football movies out there. Uh, so.
1: Ah, all right. Well, then, as soon as I say it, you're going to be like, oh, duh. Ace Ventura, Pet Detective.
0: Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> all right. Duh. Yes. Okay. And if, am I not mistaken? Is this one of your brother's favorite movies, you said? Yes, it is. Yes. Okay, good. Yes, it does involve Dan Marino and uh, <laughs> so and the Super Bowl. All right, and and the Super Bowl. Okay, well, I I I'm upset that that movie is considered rotten. Uh, yes, it is. So okay well we'll see uh well i'm looking forward to seeing ace ventura in the next week or so that's that's really exciting i'm glad you picked that
1: so. all right so that'll be next week and for now um we'll sign off uh my name is rich tola again and you can find us on twitter at real big mistake and on instagram at real big mistakes with an s on instagram
0: And I'm Jason Konigsberg. You can find all my reviews and articles and podcasts at panandslam.com, www.panandslam.com. And follow me on Twitter at Jason K. Critic. Live long, prosper, and watch movies. All right. Thanks for hanging with us.